Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. In today's episode, I'll talk about my own struggles with anxiety and fear, and I'll let you know how I eventually gained the victory over them. Have you ever had one of those dreams where you just kept falling and falling, but you never seemed to hit the ground? Your stomach turns and gets knots and the terror doesn't end until you wake up in a panic. Glad to know that you're still in bed. Well, I had two years of being suspended in the air like that because of anxiety and fear. I don't know who coined the acronym, fear is false evidence appearing real, but I'd like to thank him or her because this acronym has served me well many times in my life. I rehearse it almost as if it were scripture because it helps me ground myself when I feel afraid. These words help me to remember that the things I'm fearing are just imaginations that aren't even really a part of my reality. So all I have to do is exchange my bad thoughts for more positive ones. Yep, sometimes easier said than done because about four years ago, fear snuck up on me out of nowhere and took control of my life. Events stemming from my work and personal life had triggered deep-rooted emotions from a traumatic time in my childhood when I had experienced sexual abuse. As a kid, I locked those feelings away and forgot they were there. Well, in later episodes, I'll talk in more detail about workplace stress and childhood trauma, and I'll bring guests on to help me discuss these things more deeply. I hope that following these episodes, we'll all share in my Facebook group that has the same name as this podcast, about the issues I just mentioned, other subjects, and today's topic on fear, what we collectively know about how to combat anxiety and how to overcome in other areas. I believe that by doing so, we'll help each other discover new ways to go to our next level of best. But today, I'll just focus on anxiety and fear itself. I'll explain how these emotions gripped me in recent years, offer some ways that I've learned to overcome it and set the stage for us to hear from each other about how we individually fight these emotions. I mean, don't you want to learn from our collective knowledge about how we can finally kiss anxiety goodbye? Mind you, I'm not so naive as to think that I'll never face unease again, but I am about facing it immediately upon its arrival in some area of my life and kicking it right back out. Last night, my cousin shared with a group of women about how bison, unlike other animals, run into the storm, and by doing so, they actually get out of it more quickly. Other animals run from the storm, so the storm winds up chasing them and they remain in it longer. Today's episode is a call for us to be like the bison, 
run into our storms of anxiety and fear. Face them head on so we can get out of them more quickly. In fact, I'm doing it as we speak right now because I was afraid to start this podcast. Okay, real talk. What are you afraid of in the middle of a pandemic? Job loss, not being able to pay your mortgage, or continued uncertainty about children going back to full schedule at school? Or what lifelong dream have you let fear stop you from achieving? Look, I know I'm not alone, and that's why I'm openly discussing this issue. I'm a person that others typically read as poised and self-assured. In fact, when I show weakness, it's hard for me to get people to hear and understand my pain. They just don't take my show of insecurity seriously. Honestly, I thought I was beyond being thrown into the depths of fear, depression, and suicidal thoughts. I especially thought I had wrestled depression down to the ground when I was younger. But in recent years, I found myself in a situation that caused my income to be cut by a third. That was a lot less than I was used to living off of. So I began to meditate on things like losing my house and having to go back on welfare. About 25 years ago, as a young single mother, I lifted myself and my daughter out of low income status. Besides crying several minutes at different points when this and other terrible things happened, stress caused me to fluctuate with my weight and second guess myself about every decision I had to make. I even worried my PhD would be useless. You might find this hard to believe, but at my lowest, a person of authority in my life viciously planted that seed in my mind. So the doors I needed to walk through to give expression to what I learned while studying for my PhD looked closed forever. It seemed like these dark emotions would define the rest of my life. I was embarrassingly weak. I looked in the mirror and I did not recognize who was looking back at me. It got so bad that the normal independent me was afraid to be alone. I began hijacking my aunt's daily morning walks that she wanted to do solo. It was her only moments to have alone time to clear her own head. At the time, she was a caregiver for two elderly people in my family with dementia. I set new records for hitting a selfish low. In my mind, I was the subject of everyone's conversation at work and at home. But with that said, nothing was worse than when my anxiety spread to my daughter. Watching us both caught in a web that we couldn't free ourselves from caused me to not want to live. This was all happening while I was a fairly mature Christian. I was a person some of y'all called for prayer and support. I was so ashamed because I knew the scripture, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, all too well. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I hadn't totally forgotten all my spiritual upbringing. I continued to pray and pray, fast and pray, scream and cry and pray, and nothing seemed to change. I finally did what many Christians do when not getting our way. I got angry with God. I mean, why did he allow this season in my life? Where was he anyway? And how come he didn't answer me like he did so many times before? Thought I knew him so well, his faithfulness, mercy, kindness. After all, he had blessed me to have an amazing career as an educator. I even worked at the Oprah School in South Africa. I didn't even actually seek that job. It came to me. Now, this isn't the only position I've held that I'm proud of, but I mention it because it's the one that gets other people's attention and makes them think I must be a good educator. So yes, everybody, even people who seem to be successful and confident 
and fall prey to anxiety. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't a pride comes before the great fall type of thing. I had fallen due to pride in my youth, a lesson learned that made me realize that I'm nothing without God. What I'm saying is when worry hit me like that, it was shocking. I had so many examples in my life of my faith moving mountains. Like when I miraculously found my father's side in my family in Tanzania when I was 33 years old, with no clue about where they lived or who they were except having my father and grandmother's names. And I will never forget how God saved my daughter from death when she was only 18 months. She was healed from sickness that nearly took her life that doctors were never able to diagnose. Some of you know I could go on and on about the ways God has moved in my life. And because he did those things, I felt so blessed and highly favored. That was until four years ago when I shamelessly looked up to heaven and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I meant it. Truthfully, the scariest part of my bout with anxiety and fear was when I couldn't hear God's still small voice anymore, whispering on the inside of me, giving me guidance and peace. I think God allowed those events a few years ago to stir past pain. Because for the first time in my life, my eyes were fully open to the deep anxiety that controlled me from my youth. In God's infinite wisdom, he knew there was still a hurting, sexually abused girl inside of me. He didn't want me to keep moving forward with broken places controlling my life. It was time for the stressful events that happened in my present to no longer be able to trigger former hurt and send me spiraling down a dark tunnel. The pain I faced just a few years ago forced me to do the homework I never did when I was a child. I had locked a lot of those memories away. Although they peeped above the surface at different times in my life, they hadn't completely emerged so I could deal with them. As uncomfortable as it was, I had many courageous conversations with my family members. They helped me piece together my partial memories and validated things I had formerly been too ashamed to ask about or even speak out loud for so many years. Like, did they know about the abuse? So what I did to deal with my past hurts that were causing angst in my present involved going for counseling and bearing down in much prayer. I reached forgiveness of people who hurt me and those I thought didn't do enough to protect me. In the end, I had to reconcile the pain I hadn't realized was in the driver's seat of my life. Since about five years old, I had amazingly learned to cope with my pain. I used to believe the confident Pamela Mashana I projected to the world was the real me, but it was just me coping. This idea of coping makes me want to point out how smart little kids are. I remember bringing up hurtful topics to my mom as a child and sensing her concern. So I stopped talking about it. I didn't want her to hurt. I was raised by a loving mom and I know she did the best she could raising me, but she wasn't aware of my pain. As a mother myself, I understand you can't help your kids when you don't even know they're suffering. But by the time I gave birth to my daughter, I had already noticed the ways I used as a child to keep my depression concealed from my mom. I realized that I suffered with my pain alone for so many years because I hadn't told her or anyone. So I made a conscious effort to foster open conversations with my daughter, hoping that she'd feel comfortable sharing any time with me. And I think in large part it did work, but I also know there were still some things she wrestled with in silence. You know, we do the best we can as parents, 
The rest, we have to trust in God's hands. Franklin D. Roosevelt made popular the saying, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. In the 1930s, when America was in the middle of the Great Depression that was brought on by the Wall Street crash of, I think, 1929. It was still relevant over a decade later when the world was filled with uncertainty during World War II. Roosevelt's words were meant to instill positive thinking that would impede negative mindsets, but we can embrace those expressions today. As many people around the world wrestle with fear stirred up by the pandemic, some might just be wrestling with anxiety due to normal ups and downs of life. Could you have fears you're not aware of that are controlling your life's decisions and the path you're on? Have you ever overreacted to troubling circumstances in life? If so, maybe you have some work to do as I did. So I'll share a few gems that worked for me. Daily, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said the opposite of what my fears were telling me. For example, when I feared starting this podcast, I said every day, I feel less afraid to do the things I want to do. Fear won't stop me. I'll just do it afraid. Also, I declared scriptures. I still declare scriptures out loud from the Bible, like 2 Timothy 1 and 7 mentioned above. And then I insert my name into it. I say, for God has not given me, Pamela, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. This builds up my confidence and it helps me to replace negative thinking with more positive thoughts. I also sought professional help by way of therapy during a season when I really needed it. And if you're having very serious depression or suicidal thoughts, go get help from an expert like I did. And a special note to Black people, it is okay to seek this kind of help. I say this because therapeutic help is often frowned on or even seen as weakness amongst our ethnic group. Even amidst spiritual believers, seeing a counselor can be thought of as a lack of faith, while in reality, God may, in fact, have your deliverance planned out in a psychiatrist's office along with the great counselor himself. I also recommend two books, Fearless by Max Lucado and Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Dr. Susan Jeffers. With that said, I hope this episode helped you in some way personally or that it gave you ideas about how you can help someone else go to their next level of best by overcoming anxiety and fear. Let's run into the storm like bison and get out of it more quickly together. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, Subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.